0: I'm sure you either know somebody in this situation, you may be in this situation, but certainly uh, if you're waiting for a surgery or you need a life-saving medical procedure that you know you gotta get in to see a specialist, then you know it's one of those things that you could just be waiting months for. And uh, we wait a lot in this country for a medical system that we refuse to to change uh, or do so very, very slowly, but we're waiting an average 27 and a half weeks just to get the referral from your doctor to getting in with the special hope, specialist, hopefully, for treatment. When you look back to 1993, it's like a long time ago, boy, oh, boy, uh, we were waiting nine, nine and a half weeks. That, that seemed like a long time. And a lot of people just say, well, I'm not going to wait. I mean, are you waiting eight months for an MRI? Or are you going to drive to Buffalo and wait a couple of days and pay the, the, the small fee? I think a lot of people are doing that. And if you look between 2017 to 2021, Canadians spent as much as $2.3 billion on out-of-country health care. And so new polling says, well, well over 70% want, want, want the government to refund them. You would think if you can't get the service here, we should be able to get it somewhere else. But the government should pay for that, no? Let us bring someone who has a... Crunch those numbers for us, president of SecondStreet.org. His name is Colin Craig. Good to have you, Colin.
1: Thanks for having me, Alice.
0: So you get your numbers from government data. So it's not just phone calls where you ask people their opinion. You go through provincially all the data. You look at the you know what the province has put in as wait times and this, and that's how you're able to tabulate your information. But what was your takeaway from this particular poll that might have raised an eyebrow?
1: Well, yeah, what we, we, you're right. We certainly are digging into government data all the time. Uh, for this particular poll, we hired Leger to do it. They're an, uh, a national polling company. They're reputable. Their results are accurate, so that's why we hire them. And we asked this, this question, you know, should the government reimburse patients uh, for the uh, healthcare expenses that they have abroad? And 74% of Canadians said yes. And we presented it to them by noting that this is actually a right that patients have in the European Union. Uh, throughout the European Union, a patient can go to another country in the EU, pay for surgery, and then get reimbursed by their home country for up to what that home country would have spent to provide that surgery to the patient locally. So it's, it's a very good idea that they have in the EU. It empowers patients, gives them a lot more choice, and so forth. And most importantly, it helps them avoid long waiting lists. So typically the EU doesn't have long waiting lists like what we see in Canada where people are waiting years. But when there are cases where there are long wait times, maybe like six months or so, this is an option that patients have there and it helps them avoid pain and suffering and maybe get back to work or uh, you know, potentially even prevent a cancer from spreading, that type of thing. So there's all kinds of benefits to this EU policy and it turns out that Canadians like it.
0: Yeah, but I do think that most assume that, yeah, if I'm forced to go to a country, I would be, um, you know, reimbursed. And so I think it would be a surprise to many that, no, no, you've got to pay your own bills. Is anything reimbursed?
1: You know, it, it's really, excuse me, it's really piecemeal in this country. Um, sometimes governments will do this right now. From what we've observed, it tends to be for so the the more obscure and rare conditions that people sometimes get if there's a really rare form of say a brain cancer or something like that and there's a specialist in the United States or whatever governments will approve a patient to go abroad because there's not the capacity in Canada to do this. So it does happen for rare experiences from what we've seen. It has happened in the past sometimes for things like knee and hip operations which are quite common um, but even then it seems to be kind of like one-offs here and there rather than in the EU, where in many EU countries, they, they treat it like a standard process to make right. it easy for patients to empower them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know BC has had to send a number of um, patients over you know, to the United States to get procedures. And it's not it's not new, um, but it's happening more and more. I mean, if you get mm-hmm. diagnosed with cancer, you're not going to leave it and hope that you get something in, in Canada. I think if you have the opp- opportunity and you've got the means, then a lot of people will go out of country to get that health care. Um, but then again, there are a lot of people who just can't afford to go that route. And and I guess the the comeback for, let's say, a politician would be, well, you can buy out-of-country coverage, correct? Like, you can buy insurance. Um, but who, who's doing that proactively, you know?
1: You, you can. I don't think too many Canadians do that because, of course, we're already paying high taxes right. in this country to get health care in this country and this is a great problem is that the, there's so much money in the system. It's not a lack of money. The problem is that the, the system isn't very effective at delivering care. We got a lot of really good people in the system, nurses, doctors who are, are great. They work hard. They're trying to do as best they can. The system structurally is, is not set up very well. So we get poor results. And so like, as you alluded to at the beginning, we do need to see health care reform. And this is actually one policy that could help reduce wait times right now. It could help empower people to go and get the care that they need. And it especially helps lower income people right now because they often don't have the funds to go abroad for health care. And what this would do is it would empower them. It would give them money so that they could start to afford to get the care they need, get off of these waiting lists, get back to work, get back to getting their life in order and seeing friends and family, doing whatever. All the things that we like to do that often we have to put on the sidelines when we're languishing on a government waiting list and the best thing about this policy is that it's completely voluntary if you don't want to do it you don't have to you can stay and wait in Canada but you could uh, start to go abroad Um, but also it's it's, um, you know it helps people that do decide to um, stay in Canada as well because every time a patient does leave the country and go for healthcare, well then that's one less person on the waiting list so Mm -hmm. everyone else gets to move up a spot so there's a lot of really good benefits to this and uh, like I say, they have it in Europe. It, it works well there. And it's uh, something that we think that government should uh, give a look to more closely here in Canada.
0: Right. But the EU, I mean, do they, they must budget in. And with the treatment, if you're in the EU, let's say you're in uh, France and you need a treatment, you go to Italy. It's mm-hmm. it, Within Europe, right? It's, would they not? I don't think they'd pay for, for your service if you, let's say, I guess now went to Britain or the state or, or is it covered?
1: no you're correct it is within the eu but if you think about it there's so many countries in the eu that it creates thousands and thousands of opportunities for patients instead of just what is available to them in their own country so if we were to bring this to canada i mean the easiest thing to do would be to immediately say you can pay for surgery in another province which would be positive because we could at least keep those dollars in canada and it would be good for the economy uh but then we could extend it to uh oecd nations so then at least you know canadians would have access to not just countries in europe but the united states japan and others where there is a higher level of care which uh, would certainly be important but the, the best thing about this policy is that it, it really empowers patients to decide which option works best for them so if somebody has a, a relative over in say lithuania and they want to get the surgery there because it's very cost effective and so forth and they can recover at that person's uh, house and see them at the same time well then you know, that that could be an option for them. Uh, so you're really empowering patients to decide what works best for them rather than governments going out and negotiating uh, things centrally. And an important aspect of this is that uh, it does cover the cost of surgery in the EU, but patients are required to pay for their travel costs and that
0: so yeah and i would think any rehabilitation but i will i will step in though the unions mm -hmm. will not be happy because they'll see this and say well we cannot put money into other systems this money has to go into our system so the this would be a non-starter with the unions right then and there
1: but we i think we have to ask the question is the healthcare system there for patients or is it there for the unions
0: well yeah i've been asking that for a long time yeah (laughs) yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I'll get that answer in this lifetime. But again, this is you know, unless every, all the players come to the table, we're never going to see true substantial uh, change, which I think is very frustrating, uh, certainly to people. Well, nonetheless, interesting numbers, Colin, and I, uh, I think it raises a lot of um, a lot of good questions. So I appreciate you joining us.
1: Well, thank you for having me. So always, always. thank the you. Chat.
0: Colin Craig is president of SecondStreet.org.